This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I was on a, a Zoom call this week. Don't you love Zoom business calls? Yeah. And I figured out in my office that if, if I set my chair in a certain spot, I could be on the call and just with one notch back, I'm out of the camera. And so this week I was so tired after all the fundraising and stuff. So I'm on this Zoom call and, 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 and I mute the, the microphone and I'm just listening. And I thought, you know, I'm just going just gonna to go off camera for just a second. When I woke up, the call was over. Come on now, amen. <laughs> but something happened during that call that's really affected us today. Someone made a statement concerning Psalms 91, and the Spirit of God, I don't I mean just boom, said that's wrong. Look it up. Find out why it's wrong. So today, I want to take you on a journey the Holy Spirit took me on unexpectedly this week. Father, I don't know it what all you're going to accomplish in this service. But this I do know. You are good. And you are faithful. And we want you to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalms 91, I'm not going to read the entire chapter. I have in the other services, but I just really want to dive into this message today. One of the most popular passages in all of Scripture says, those who abide under the shelter of the Almighty. Or this, is, this is how it reads in the New Living. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. And stop there for just a moment. Refuge. And we start thinking, place of safety. He is my God, the one I trust. So when I need safety and I need refuge, He is the one I trust. And we find this passage and it becomes known as a, a passage of safety, rescue, trusting declaration for He will rescue you from every trap and, and protect you from deadly diseases and, and He shall cover you with His feathers and He will shelter you under His wings. His, his uh, faithful promises will be an armor. Do you see all those protective statements there? And protection... Do not be afraid of the, of the terrors of the night. And then it starts talking about pestilence that comes in darkness. It starts talking about arrows that fly and diseases and pandemics and struggles and, 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 and the people that come and attack you and, and, and evils that are trying to destroy you. And, and he says, just open your eyes and see that the wicked are, are punished. And I know I'm just kind of paraphrasing this, but I want you to see this. He says, but if you will make the Lord your refuge, there it is again, refuge. If you'll make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. How many of you have quoted that this year? No, no plague shall come near my dwelling. Anybody? Yeah, some of you. And, and I, I think it's important to realize that Psalms 91 is a song. It's a song. And I've learned a few things about songs by having some musicians that are close to me in my life. First off, I should never sing a song. 
What I mean by that is somewhere between my daughter Jordan and, and Pastor Paul, uh, if I'm going down the road and I start singing a song, they automatically say, you're singing that wrong. And I get corrected because I apparently have the gift of rewriting the melody of all songs. And I get it. That's just, I'm looking for something a little different in there. But I've got that problem. And, 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 and it's always been that way. Even when I, before I scarred my voice and, and used to travel and sing, you know, I'd go into churches and as I would pull in, they'd, they'd say, do you, do you have your music with you? And I said, yeah. And I'd pull out this box and inside this box was a, was in order some cassettes. Do you remember cassettes? Anybody remember cassettes? Some of the kids are like, what's a cassette? All right. Ask your parents later. Okay. Uh, uh, somebody's Googling you. What are you doing? All right. <laughs> but it was a tape, you know, and, and, and it always concluded with this one song, this one song and this, this song, I would sing it all the time and people would shout, people would run and we'd have church after I sang this song. And, and so one day <laughs> brother Ron is gone and he takes a group of young people from the church to an outing. And as he takes this group of young people to an outing, they go to this place where people are singing Southern Gospel. And as they're singing Southern Gospel songs, this happens, this, this was a Southern Gospel song, as they're singing Southern Gospel songs at this outing, uh, they, they sing this song. And here's the conversation the kids brought back to me. Look at what I'm right now. They came back and said, can you believe they sang your song there, Pastor? I said, they did. I said, yeah. And the guy got it all wrong. It didn't sound anything like when you sing it. And I said, what was his name? And they said his name was Walt Mills. <laughs> and I said, oh, the guy who wrote the song. Come on now. And so he had written this song that I had made my own, and, but I had changed the, the, the flow of the song. And I think the problem that you must understand is Psalms 91 is a song that we've been singing through a song of refuge and a song of, uh, of troubles and a song of problems. And, and honestly, we've changed the melody from a song that was intended one way unto a completely different way. We, we've made it a country song. Somebody said, don't mess with my music. Come on now. But in order to understand this passage, one must understand where it came from. Exodus chapter 40 is where the rabbis in the study in the Mishra have found and, and pinpoint that Psalms 91, which was actually in their study, Psalms 90, was written at this period of time. Psalms 91 was written between verse 33 and 35 of this passage. Here's how it reads. Speaking of Moses. Then Moses hung the curtains. It's important to see. Forming the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar. So this is the, the place they're going to worship, the tabernacle they're going to worship in. And they've been putting it together and they started with the Holy of Holies. And they cover it and they put the Ark of the Covenant there and they start with all of these things. And as they're putting it together, as they're putting it in place, they finally get all the way out to the last curtain in the tabernacle. And he set up the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard. And I want you to notice what I'm about to say here. So at last. 
When? At last. When? At last Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle. Then, watch this, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. When the work was set in order, the glory of God came in. And Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And somewhere right about here is where Psalms 91 began to be written. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would sit on their journey following it. Whenever the glory would move, the people of God would move. Can I tell you, we haven't followed the glory enough. We've been allowing the problems to tell us where to go and what to do. We've been allowing the media to tell us how to act and how we ought to sit at home in fear. We've been allowing people to dictate to us where we ought to be responding. But I've come to tell you today that if we'll get everything in order and the glory manifests, we can follow the glory and everything's going to work out for our good. Amen. But if the cloud did not rise... They stayed where the glory was until it finished, lifted. The glory or the cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day and at night fire glowed. What's this? God showed them through a fire. The glory is always manifest through a fire. Fire glowed inside the cloud so the whole family of Israel could see the glory. He lit up the glory so that even in the darkness, you had something that you needed to see. This continued throughout all of their journeys. Jewish rabbis tell us that it is possible that Psalms 91 was written between two places in the life of Moses. That it was possibly written from the moment that he walked under the fiery cloud there at Sinai and he stepped onto the mountain and as soon as the glory covered him, he began to write the song. But as soon as he put the last curtain in the place and the glory, watch this now, this song was not written out of problems, but it was written out of a praise that arose because he encountered the glory of the Lord. It became such a significant part of the life of the Jewish people that from every Shabbat or every Sabbath throughout all of life, they would quote over and over again Psalms 91. And even in the funeral possession of a Jewish person, seven times Psalms 91 is quoted. In modern-day English culture, this psalms is popular because it's become known as the soldier's prayer and is passed out on medallions and given to people as they go into battle today because they're trying to say God is a protection for you. God is a God is a God is your refuge. God's going to be your shelter in the middle of the attack that you're going in. But in opposition to a popular misconception, what we see here is that it's a popular misconception. It was not written as an author, as the author, as Moses stared down a plague or an attack. 
When he said the words, though they may come against me on my right side, he was not facing an army on his right side. When he said no plague shall shall take me out, he was not facing a pandemic. When he wrote this, it was not born out of adversity, but truth is found. And when we find truth, the truth helps us overcome adversity. Why? Because the truth shall set you free. And when we find the truth of who we are, we'll not find it looking at the problem but we'll find it looking at the glory of God the 91st Psalms is describes Moses' own experience as he enters into the tabernacle as he's enveloped by the divine glory cloud in both of the cases they feel like this is what's being written what is happening here is these verses flowed not from eyeing impending danger but they flowed every time he stepped into the presence of God I'm going to step away from my sermon for just a moment and obey the Holy Spirit somebody here came today looking for an answer for your problems you're looking for an answer to fix your discomfort you're looking for relief from your pain and as long as you're looking for the, an answer or for relief or for refuge you're looking in the wrong direction I've come to tell you you'll not find your answer with your eye on the problem but if you'll get your eye off of the problem and you'll lift up your eye unto whom your help cometh from the Lord and you'll look upon the redemption of the Lord you'll find the glory of God and the glory of God is what will give you peace somebody my, I feel God in what I'm trying to tell you right now some of you struggle sleeping at night and you can't find rest and that's because your mind is to focus on the problems but if you will abide under the shelter shelter of the almighty you will find the rest of the Lord will cover you but I feel God up in here I'm trying to behave I'm trying to I'm trying to just but somebody needs to understand what I've come to tell you today. Get your eyes off of the mess of this world because there is something beautiful and you'll not find it in the world, but you'll find him seated on a throne, high and lifted up, and his glory fills the temple. You see, with every revelation of God's glory, the weakness of the enemy's attacks become blatantly obvious. Say, so how is that, Pastor? Second Kings chapter 6, verse number 15. We read the story of Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. And Gehazi, watch this now. He gets up early in the morning. Elisha's already seeking the face of God. Gehazi goes out to start getting ready maybe for the breakfast. And as he's getting ready for things, he sees troops and horses and all of these th chariots all around him. And he says, he says, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Oh, sir, what do we do now, Elisha? And Elisha Elisha said this, he said, don't be afraid for there is more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed and said, God, open his eyes so that he can see. And when he opened his eyes, watch this now, he saw a hillside filled with horses and chariots of fire. The glory always dwells in the fire. The glory of the Lord was surrounding them and the horses and the chariots. My goodness. And some of you are going, was there enough to stop the army? It didn't even, they didn't even have to raise their weapons up to take battle forth. Why? Because the glory of the Lord defeated the attacks of the enemy. What you've been trying to do is get enough resources and get enough people to listen to you whine. And, did I say that out loud? 
You've been trying to get enough people to tell you you're right and you ought to feel okay about your, your bumps and your bruises. But what you need to be looking for is not somebody who will placate your problems, but you need to be looking for somebody who can walk in the middle of your storm and say, peace be still, and his name is Jesus, and you'll find him in the glory of the Lord. It was in the presence of the glory that Elisha said, let Gehazi see, and his fear was replaced with confidence. His fear was replaced with confidence. In the presence of the glory, isolation is exposed as a lie. Nobody loves you. Nobody knows what you're going through. No one would notice if you were gone. That's an attack from hell itself. And it's because you're listening to the wrong voices. Listen to me. Isolation is a lie for the children of God. Oh, but Pastor Don, you don't understand. I feel so alone. But you don't understand. The promises of his presence are all over you. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now watch this now. Come here a minute, Gary. Come here, come here, come here Christian. Come here quickly. Goodness, mercy. <laughs> Y'all couldn't have picked better people. <laughs> I don't know how many times this boy says, and I said, goodness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and how many times this boy's needed mercy. Lord Jesus, help us. All right. So goodness and mercy shall follow you. All the days of your life. And the devil tells you, you are alone. But the problem is, some of you can't even enjoy your sin anymore. Why? Because the goodness and mercy of the Lord are following you everywhere you go. Pastor Danny, run up here and help me right fast. And then the Lord himself says, surely I will be with you. What? always even until the ends of the earth and so watch this now if i let him not follow but i let him start leading and as i follow him i can't be alone because he said he'd never leave me and he'd never forsake me that means he's not going to run away from me when i've disgraced him it means that he's not going to let me my goodness i feel the holy ghost it means that he's not going to uh, abandon me because he somehow realizes i was messed up jacked up and somebody he couldn't help out but as long as he said he said, look, I'll be with you to the end of the age. He said, surely goodness and mercy are following you. And I will never forsake you. Though we go to the highest heavens, though we descend to hell itself, though we go to this mountain or we go there, for the presence of the Lord is with me and nothing shall separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So I've got Jesus on my side. I've got goodness and mercy following me all around. And as I follow him, they follow me and the devil's a liar from the pit of hell because the glory of God says I will never be left alone why don't you give him some glory like he deserves today thank you guys oh but they're so big no reality becomes clear instantly reality becomes clear the problem is not as big as the glory God's more than enough provision is revealed. I've preached this a thousand times. I'll preach it a thousand more, but I'm going to give it to you quickly. 
I'm so, so thankful for this revelation in my life. God's more than enough provision. God has what? More than enough. God has what? More than enough provision for you. I don't know how many times growing up in a church, I heard people shout and rejoice over this miracle. And when God showed me this, I cannot clap with you. Because there's this story about a little woman who makes the prophet a cake. Do you remember that? And she's, after she makes him a cake, the Bible says she goes to the mill barrel and every day there's just, what? Just enough. Just enough to keep him alive. And why was there just enough to keep him alive? Because she obeyed the prophet. But the reality was God said, obey me. Go have a cake ready when he gets here. And she didn't. Instead, he finds her baking herself a cake. And he says, if you'll obey God, then everything's going to work all right. She didn't immediately obey him because, watch this, she didn't respect the glory. When God speaks to you, it will change everything. She reluctantly obeys. And then she has just enough to get by. Another story. A little widow says, prophet of God, they're coming to take away my sons. My husband's dead. We're in debt. They're going to sell my sons in slavery. It's not going to be enough. They're going to take everything I have, throw me out on the streets. I'm going to starve to death. My life is over. And the prophet of God looks at her and says, woman, what do you have in your house? She says, all I have left is a little bit of oil. And he says, go get every single vessel you can find and start pouring oil in it. If I were to tell you that in this room right now, I'm figuring this might hold a little bit of oil. And there's some water bottles here and there. Some of these purses might be able to hold some oil. And I could pour out some hand sanitizer, probably hold some in there. I see some coffee mugs back here and around there. I'm going to need those in just a moment. Why? Because I'm going to do exactly what he told me to do. Because when I do exactly what he tells me to do, I'm honoring his glory. And then he starts pouring, or she starts pouring, and their sons start pouring. And she says, give me another one, and give me another one, and give me another one. And they used every vessel within their reach. And the Bible says that when the last vessel was filled to the brim, that the oil stopped flowing. Now watch this now. The oil stopped flowing, and she sold it and paid the debt and had, watch this, not just enough to get by for, but she had more than enough. Why? Because when you respect him, his glory and you stop living in this meager reality of thinking I'm just going to just need to make it to heaven no you weren't called just to make it to heaven you are called the blood bought children of the most high God and it is your job to invoke the glory of heaven on earth that his kingdom might come among us and we begin to walk in overcoming power saying God it's not about me it's all about you then the glory begins to manifest in our life and a more than enough provision comes from God to help us come through Goodness, what's the difference? The difference, the perspective of his glory elevates your focus from the problem to his presence. You see, there's a benefit to living under his presence. But here's the problem. You know, many of us 
really aren't after his glory. Because when we see his glory, we realize our failures. We see who he is and we start crying, whoa, 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 is me. I am a man of unclean lips. Quoting the book of Isaiah. Watch this. Many people want to visit the glory just when they have a need. Just like the grocery store. Hey, we're running a little low on our joy this week. Maybe we ought to go to church. Or my grace quotient's low. Maybe I need to swing by and spend a little time in God's presence. Instead of prayer, it becomes a panic button that we push only in our time of trouble instead of a pursuit of the presence of God. But if you would understand that there are benefits to living under the shadow, everything would change. Quickly. Say amen. There are benefits to living under the shadow of the Almighty. One, you will have access where others cannot go. When you live under His glory, you can step into places of habitation with Him that others can only dream of. That's why somebody will say, I feel God. And you're going to go, I feel nothing. Because when you've been focused on the problem, singing the wrong song or singing the song wrong, you haven't found key to the access. We went to one of those escape rooms. I thought, I don't need to pay somebody to lock me in a room and torture me. I had a big brother. Come on now, man. <laughs> But we were trying to figure out all the clues and <laughs> they had this little bitty fireplace that if you turn this one knob, it pops open and you have to go in another room to find the clues. And, and the bad thing is you're supposed to crawl between the two. And about the third time I crawled through this little fireplace, a voice comes on the speaker and says, sir, we've unlocked the door for you. <laughs> because my habitation, <laughs> come on now, didn't fit in the environment that we were in. I think they were afraid it was going to come off the wall. <laughs> Listen to me. Some of you, the reason that your problem has contained you is you've not grown in his presence enough. This next part is I want you to hear this above all else. You will have assurance to who you are in Christ. I realize that we're live online and I realize that we're in a different world today, but I'm going to share the truth of this story. I had a young man come to me and he said, Pastor, I want to tell you my testimony. And I said, well, okay, I'd like to hear your testimony. I've, I've heard that you share it globally and I would like to hear it personally. And he said, uh, he said Pastor, um, I, want to, I want to share it with you. And I said, okay. Share it with me. He said, Pastor, I, 
I made a lot of decisions in my life. He said, but from the youngest age, uh, I was struggling with some real issues. And he said, I grew up and I, I, I came out and told my parents that I was, I was going to move in with a man. She said, I, he said, I moved off with this man and we lived together for a few years and we were living in extreme South Florida. And he said, uh, he said, God's grace found me in the middle of that situation. He said, I'm living here in a, in a, in a homosexual relationship. I'm outside of the plan of God for my life. And, and, and God's grace, let me just be real plain. If you're living in any sexual sin at all, you're living outside of God's plan for you. And he said, uh, he said, Pastor, he said, I got saved. I'm telling you, I got saved. And he said, and this is how my mind was working. He said, the moment I got saved, I thought to myself, okay, I've got to make things right. So I'm going to marry him so that we're living together in marriage. Because that's the way my mind was working. And he said, I'm going to marry him. And he said, but he wasn't interested in marriage. And he said, and it'll make it worse. He said, the closer I got to God, the further I came to him. So eventually he, want, he wanted me no longer around because I, the more I grew in Jesus, we were no longer compatible. He said, I found my way to, and I was with the pastor of this, this church on Friday morning. He said, I found my way to a ministry in Atlanta, Georgia. And he said, I go into their prayer rooms. And he said, I stayed there for an unbelievable amount of time, months and months and months. He said, every day I would come in and get in the presence of God. And he said, when I went into the prayer room, I still had that mindset. God, I'll go back. Somehow you're going to work this out. I'm going to marry this man, and this is how we're going to do He said, but as I began to grow in God, the changes began to happen in my life. He said, nobody taught me a thing. Listen to me. He said, nobody said anything to me. No one tried to convince me of anything. He said, but the closer I got to Jesus, watch this now. He said, I realized there was something changing inside of me. He said, suddenly my old desires weren't my new desires. He said, I began to discover who God had created me to be. And once I figured out who God created me to be, he said, would you imagine they started letting somebody else in that prayer room? He said, and they let this woman walk into my prayer room where I've been alone with God. And so she walks in and he said, I looked at her and I thought, hmm. And she goes over in the corner and cries and she has her own testimony. And, 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 and so he, uh, he, he keeps praying and she keeps coming into his private prayer room and he's like, hmm. He said, but one day she walked in and I went, hmm. <laughs> and he said, you know her. That's my wife. And those are our three beautiful children. You know, it wasn't an indoctrination of a church or religion that helped him find himself. And it's not what's going to help us find ourselves. It was the glory of God's presence that changed everything. I want you to watch this. We prepare to close today. The third thing you get is immunity. It doesn't mean you're never going to sin, but it means the things that used to 
adhere to you suddenly won't hold you bound any longer. My dad has reached a real interesting stage of life. He now is a firm believer and participant in, are you ready for this? As seen on TV purchases. (laughs) I'm like, Dad, we can get that at the dollar store for five bucks. He's like, son, you don't understand. He bought me a, a frying pan. It's like, Dad, that's what I need was a frying pan. He says, son, let me tell you about this frying pan. I said, Dad, tell me about this frying pan. He said, you can cook an egg on this frying pan and it will not stick. And I said, well, all right, Dad. Got a few of those in my cabinet. He said, no, 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 son. No, I saw it on TV. He said, you can run over this pan with a truck, shoot it with a shotgun, and it still won't have an egg stick to it. And I thought, well, if I'm ever in that situation to where I run over my pan with a shot, uh, with, a, with a gun, or with a truck, and shoot it with a gun, I know I'm good with the eggs. Come on. And as silly as that is, I was like, God, why should I tell that? Because... When you get in the glory, it becomes like Teflon to the things you thought you could not shake from your life. And do you realize that what normally sends you spiraling back to your old sins is the day you feel like you've been run over with a truck or something has has blasted you in your life that you weren't expected. And you know what? You end up in yesterday's problems again. But can I tell you, when you start pursuing the glory of God, you're going to find that when they throw the old sin at you, you're going to be like, what is that? How did I ever be satisfied with something like that in my life? because I have tasted and I have seen that the Lord is good. I have tasted something better. So if you would this morning, listen, I want you to stand with me here. I just want to give you, see the problem is you've sung the song wrong. You've been singing the song. Oh, no problems are going to come near my house. No struggles are going to come to my family. Lord, I'm holding you to it. And you've sung a song that was not written with a problem in mind. You've sung it that way for far too long. But Psalms 91 was written with the glory in mind. And so can you imagine the moment for just a second. All of a sudden, Moses, my goodness. I feel the Holy Ghost. Moses is walking out, or some people say crawling out of the glory, and he sees something out of the corner of his eye, and he declares, oh my goodness, those who dwell under the shadow of the Most High, well, hallelujah, they will find rest in his presence. Oh, the glory of the Lord. If you look, he's bigger than your problems. He's bigger than my storms. He's bigger than the attacks. He's bigger than the pandemics. He's bigger than the politics. He's God and he's God alone and he deserves the glory. Amen. Amen.
not showed any of the other services today, and I want you to get this. Verse number 12 of Psalms 91. He's backing out of the presence of God. He's literally crawling out of the glory of God's presence. His eyes are on the glory, and he's been declaring all these goodnesses. No evil will conquer. No plague will come near your home. He's talking about the angels of the Lord will protect you. But then he declares in verse number 12, listen to this. He says, they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Now watch this. So if you understand what happened when Jesus was in the wilderness, when Jesus was being tempted of the devil, the devil said, they spoke of you saying the Lord wouldn't even let you hurt your foot. Uh, Watch what happened. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody get ready for this. Get ready for this. As you lift up your eyes onto the glory of God, you'll get an image of Jesus. You see, it was years to come, but in the middle of the glory, he found the Jesus that everybody was looking for. He found the answer that everybody was looking for. If you need Jesus, look for the glory. Look for the glory of who God is. Amen. Come on, one more time. One more time. His presence is here. His glory is among us. My goodness, he's doing things on these altars. He's doing things on these altars. He's doing things. Holy Ghost of the living God. I want everybody to bow your heads in this place. If if you need to be a pursuer of glory and you want to find a place in this altar, feel free to join these this morning. Feel free to join these. Those of you that are watching, just I want you just to type there. Show us your glory, Lord. Show us your glory. Listen, I want you. I want you to be a part of this atmosphere that we're feeling in this place right now. I want you to experience, my goodness, the glory. Lift your hands before the Lord for just a moment. Lift your hands before His presence for just a moment. My goodness. There's none like you, Jesus. There's none like you, Jesus. There's none but like you, Lord. Nobody like your glory. Nothing like your presence. Nothing like, but I can tell you who the glory of the Lord is. It is the risen Son of glory. The King of glory shall come in over and over and over again. The glory is Jesus. We need Jesus. He came through the fire for us. He walked through the fire for us so that He could become a burning fire of the glory of God within us. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, people are, people are praying. I need a couple more prayer workers, but people are, people are praying in this altar. And as they're praying, I want God to touch their lives and minister to them right now. But I want to ask those of you, without everybody's help, I want everybody praying right where you are. I want to ask you, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, my eyes have been on the problems so much that I've forgotten the pursuit of the glory. I, I just want to see your hand if that's you. I, I want to see your hand. That's a majority of hands in this place going up right now. My goodness, Holy Ghost. My God. holiness of his presence here today there's a holiness show us your glory 
Show us your glory. See, some of you, you need to find your praise right now. You need to find your praise right now. The presence of God, the glory of God is going to rise up inside of somebody. I, I'm, I'm telling you, Paul, I want you to get a song ready that pursues the presence of God, that, 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 that pursues the presence of the glory of God. We're going to start singing this song. It's going to be moments, just moments while we start singing this song. And we're about to bid those of you online goodbye for the day. But listen to me very, very, very carefully. The presence of God is in this place presence of God is here and if you my goodness if you need to pursue if you've got a problem my God is bigger and better but don't, don't don't come looking for a problem to be solved come looking for the problem solver come looking for Jesus we're gonna we're gonna worship just my goodness that's the Holy Ghost of the living God we're gonna worship just a moment more come on come on come on pursue his presence come on today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.